the afternoon just to hear your word, to worship you, to bring honor and glory to you, and uh, by your word to be drawn closer to you, and to know how we need to live and what we need to do. Uh, So we give this time to you, Lord, and I pray that your spirit would rest on me uh, to bring your word to your people right now, through Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And then in Romans, the 12th chapter, just one verse, verse 12, Paul is writing with a number of staccato instructions here, and he tells the Romans, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. And God bless to us these readings from his holy word. When you travel around uh, in various places around the world, you you find that each culture has its own quirks and uh, enjoyable things about it. And uh, one of my favorites is uh, Malaysia, actually. Uh, The first time I went to Malaysia, that's a few years ago, uh, one of the things the Malaysians do so, so very well, uh, almost better probably than almost anywhere I've gone, is eat. Uh, Hardly anybody cooks at home because it's much less expensive to go out for most of your meals than it is to buy uh, buy food and bring it home. And and a lot of homes don't even have a kitchen in it. Uh, Home where we stayed, they had a kitchen, but it was actually outside. It wasn't inside. Uh, and, uh, of course, you know, that was going to endear me to the Malaysians anyway. Uh, but the, the way they greet one another is really great uh, because uh, the typical greeting is, Hi, have you eaten? And then if they say, if you say, well, yes, I just had a big meal, then the response is always, well, can you eat some more? I mean, what a great place to live. I mean, that's, uh, that's so much better than, oh, the weather's lovely today. <laughs> you know, have you eaten? And can you eat some more? And I, I was thinking about that and thinking that, in a sense, perhaps we as Christians should be saying something like that to each other but with a slight difference, and that would be, have you prayed? Well, can you pray some more? Because that same kind of attitude really is the attitude that, that Paul was talking about there in Romans 12, 12, when he said, be constant in prayer. And I think it's very interesting that Paul uh, puts that together in in sequence with, first of all, rejoice in hope. Uh, Why do we have to have hope? We have to have hope when things aren't going quite as well as we want them to. We have hope that things will turn out better. Like right now, I have a lot of hope when it comes to Brexit. (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen there, but I have a lot of hope that at least God knows what's going to happen and that God's in charge somehow. Uh, 
but we have to have hope. And then he says, rejoice in tribulation. I mean, how many times do we do that? Oh, I'm going through a really hard time. Praise Jesus. Give me more. Praise Jesus. Uh, you know, but rejoice in tribulation. And then he says, be constant in prayer. And what we've learned, if we are going to travel through tough times and do so effectively as Christians, we must pray and pray some more. I mean, that needs to be almost to us like breathing to where we learn constantly to pray. Now, that doesn't mean that we're crawling around on our knees, obviously, all the time, saying, God, help me, God, help me, God, help me, although some of us do that from time to time. Uh, But it does mean that somehow we need to be in continual communication with God where, one, we can bring any request to God as it comes up, and two, we can hear from God whenever God wants to speak to us. And that's what it means to be constant in prayer. We need to have that almost like breathing, that kind of connection with God. I, I know as I was walking to, uh, to church today, I had an appointment down Gray's Inn at the Ear, Nose, and Throat Hospital, and then I was walking down the street, and I, I was just walking by so many people that seemed in crisis and seem to be burdened, and I'm watching them, and, and, and you know, and the cry of my heart in that moment was, Lord, I, I really wish we could do more for these people. I remember one young woman I saw just sitting in a doorway, uh, clearly wasted and really messed up, and everything into me wanted to be able to reach out to her and somehow, you know, share the love of Jesus with her, and, and so I was, I was praying for her and praying for the people who are, who are, are uh, burdened, and also praying for the seven and a half million people around us, at least, who don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And we do that. I was doing that even as I was just walking along the street. It's one of the reasons why I don't like to pull out my phone. I don't put on headphones and things like that, because I don't want to drown out the voice of God by my entertainment and my other distractions. I want to be in a position where I can hear God uh, at any moment in time and also I can bring my request to God. To be constant in prayer is really, really essential if we're going to travel through tough times. Now, obviously, this is only going to work if two factors are true for us. One, that we have our focus on Jesus. If we're not focused on Jesus, it really doesn't matter if we're praying or not because you don't know who you're praying to. So we have to be focused on Jesus, and we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because how do we know what to pray? How do we know how to pray except by the Holy Spirit? And we've been saying that with all of these techniques or things we've been talking about to enable us to travel through the tough times that we're a part of. But right now, we really need to pray and be constant in prayer uh, continually because we're in a pretty messed up situation. You can see that with our parliament. You can see that all around us right now. Things are pretty difficult. And we are traveling through tough times, and I believe the tough times we're traveling through are going to get worse before they get better. And so we've got to know how to pray. And you might ask, you know, why is this even important? You know, obviously, we, we all, as Christians, I mean, we all think we should pray. I've never met a Christian in my life who says, no, I don't believe we should pray Prayer is worthless, it's meaningless. You know, every Christian, we, we have, it's just this instinctive thing that we need to pray. And I've also never met a Christian who would say, oh, no, we don't pray, need to pray anymore. We pray enough. 
We don't need more prayer. We've got enough prayer. Uh, those two things I've never heard from the mouth of a Christian in more than 30 years of ministry. I'm sure there might be some out there that say those kinds of things, but you know they've never said it to me. Uh, and uh, But the problem is that many of those Christians who say, oh, uh, we need to pray some more, prayer is very important, they actually don't do it. They actually don't do it. They don't spend time talking to God. They don't set aside time to hear from God. Uh, and yet that's absolutely essential for us. Not only to be constant in prayer does it mean to be in a position where we can hear from God and talk to God at any point in time, but it also means that we need to be setting aside time to focus especially on our communication with God. It's a bit like I'm married, as you all know, and, uh, and, and I try to listen for my wife's voice at any point in time. I might be at home working in my office, and, and I might hear this, Rod! Uh, and, and, and I perk up, you know, even though I'm not expecting to hear that, that cry, and sometimes it's a cry of, oh, please help, because something's falling apart here, uh, or sometimes it's a, do you want to eat something? Uh, and, you know, both things are very important for me. Uh, so, uh, you know, so, so I'm listening for that, but also she and I spend time just talking to one another. That's why we like to drive places, because it puts us in a confined environment and forces us to communicate and prevents others from interrupting us. Uh, so it's a, it's a really good thing. So we have to do that, and it's absolutely essential for us. And part of the reasons that we do that, when we're traveling through tough times, uh, one of the things we normally face is something called anxiety. And if we pray, prayer is something that will help us to reduce our anxiety level. It's demonstrated uh, to do that. When we're traveling through tough times, another temptation that we face is to start looking at all the stuff going on around us. And prayer, what it does is help us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Because if we start looking at the junk, then sometimes we'll miss the joy. Uh, And so we have to be focused on Jesus, and prayer helps us to do that. Another thing, when we're traveling through tough times, we can often focus on ourselves and our own weaknesses. Like if I start thinking about seven and a half million people within 14 miles of where we, where we, where we sit, stand right now, uh, and I think of myself, how in the world am I going to get 14 and a half million people to hear about Jesus? And I know that many of them have never really heard the gospel. And so if I'm not praying I can be absolutely overwhelmed with the challenges I'm facing, but prayer not only helps me deal with the anxiety, prayer not only uh, helps me to keep my eyes focused on Jesus, but prayer also keeps my eyes off myself and my own weaknesses and my own frailties and reminds me that I serve a God who is great and greater than I could ever be, who has everything in hand and who is willing to respond. But as we travel through tough times, we also have to remember the lessons that Jesus is teaching us here uh, in this great parable. And there's so much here. You know, you could spend a lot of time going through it. But I just want to point out a couple of things here. Uh, Oftentimes we think we pray about something once and we let it go. But Jesus is teaching us, especially when things are difficult. And the widow here, remember, she needs justice. 
She, she is being victimized by her adversary. Uh, this is not an easy time for her. It's not like she's got a casual desire for a new plant in her garden or something like that. Uh, she's in a real crisis situation. And notice what she does. She prays, but she keeps on praying and keeps on praying about the same thing. She doesn't let it go. Here at City Temple, we've been praying uh, for Brexit, about Brexit, for quite a number of months in a very focused way. And we keep on praying about it. Here at City Temple, since 2009, we have been praying persistently for revival. And we're going to keep on praying. And that's the idea that Jesus is teaching us here, is that when you have something and you're praying about it, you keep on praying it. Uh, for probably at least five or six years now, maybe a little bit longer, we've been praying about North Korea. But probably longer than that. Probably, we've probably been praying about North Korea longer than we've been praying for revival. So that goes back quite, quite a number of years. So we're praying about the situation in North Korea. We want to keep on praying about these areas until something happens, until we get an outcome, until God says, okay, enough of that. Here's the answer that you're going after. So we pray and we pray, and we pray some more, and we keep focusing on that thing that we've been praying about. And Jesus tells us that this passionate focus on these areas where we just keep repeating it and keep pressing in, uh, it's, it's one of the things that provokes an answer in God, and it's not a sign that we don't believe, it's actually a sign that we do believe. I know when I was growing up, there were a lot of times that I'd ask my parents maybe for a new toy. Uh, and my parents wouldn't buy me every new toy that I asked them for. What they did was they listened to how many times I asked them for a toy. Because most of the time, I'd ask for a toy one time when I was seeing it in the shop. And they didn't get it to me, and so I threw my temper tantrum, you know, cried a little bit. When that didn't get me what I wanted, you know, I went out. And by the time I got home, I completely forgot what I was asking for. So my parents were listening for my repetition and asking, and they responded to the repetition. They didn't respond to the whim. They didn't respond to every little issue or every little thing I wanted. They responded to my persistent repetition, my persistent asking, and in the same way, the Lord responds to our persistent